Welcome to Cloudy with a Chance of Podcast. I'm meteorologist Kirsty Zontini. And I'm meteorologist McCall Vrydags. This is a podcast all about weather. We are two broadcast meteorologists in Dayton, Ohio. And we just can't stop talking about weather. So when we're not on TV, we figured why not jump behind the mic to answer your weather questions and talk about all things meteorology. Now remember, you can listen to Cloudy with a Chance of Podcast anytime you want on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and WHIO.com. Hey, McCall. Hey, Kirsty. We have had a crazy, crazy uh, weather event occur in the United States. Yes. A week ago now, we were tracking Hurricane Florence as it was about to make landfall early Friday morning. We're taping this on Thursday, September 20th, and it just brought devastation up and down the coasts of North and South Carolina and crazy interior flooding. Interior flooding um, and even just recently tornadoes. I mean, the remnants of this system as well spawned severe weather in Virginia. Virginia. So, um, I mean, we were up in Ohio, you know, watching, forecasting, trying to update everyone that may have family, things of that nature. And we had, um, of course, we have crews and and stations across the country. And we have several stations that were um, from Florida up through the Carolina coast. And so we wanted to kind of give you guys an opportunity to hear more from the guys. These were three three guys mm-hmm. that were uh, covering it. They were in it. And then we've got a little bit bo- of a bonus uh, guest here mm-hmm. from Brian uh, Wood, who we've talked to before. And he'll kind of go over a little bit about the insurance part of things, what people do afterwards. And um, I think that it, it's a really I, – I hope that you enjoy it mm-hmm. um, as much as you can. Yeah, a way to feel the experience without having to be there. Yes. All right, so we have uh, an excellent meteorologist from one of our sister stations in Atlanta, WSB. His name is Brian Monahan, and uh, he was truly in the eye of the hurricane. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are going to talk to him a little bit more, but I want to you know, let you guys know, if, you, if you're not from the Atlanta area, you actually may have had him as a meteorologist in the past because he's worked in several other places before. Um, but he went to Penn State where he got his bachelor's and his master's degrees. Uh, Brian has worked really all over the place. Most recently, though, before coming to WSB, he was the morning meteorologist in Cairo in Seattle, which we have mm-hmm. spoken to Morgan Palmer in Seattle. Um, um, so he worked there for two years. He's also worked in Scranton, Pennsylvania, Orlando, Fort Myers. Um, and this was interesting, and I didn't even know this about him, but he's actually done a few uh, weekend editions with some hits for Good Morning America. Wow, that's um, so amazing. So he's kind of a big deal. Kind of, kind of. I feel pretty honored. <laughs> um, but Brian says that he is a weather nerd, I would agree. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was also, just like me, one of those kids that woke up and actually watched the news in the morning before school. So uh, he said it was fitting that he's combined his two interests, of course, in became a broadcast meteorologist. He has two dogs, which I think we may hear from in this interview briefly, and he loves college sports. So, Brian, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, you know what? I kind of call it the uh, tour of Cox Media Group, Orlando, Seattle, Atlanta. <laughs> I haven't made it to Dayton yet, though. Oh, Come you're missing up. out. Get you're great. <laughs> and I am actually, you mentioned my dogs. I'm actually out walking my boxer right now, which is a completely different experience than I had a week ago yeah. today. Was yeah. not doing that. It's a beautiful day in Atlanta today. I know. And we're recording this Thursday, uh, September 20th. One week ago, we were watching Florence coming so close to the Carolina coastline and was going to make landfall eventually Friday morning. You were in Wilmington, were you not? 
Yeah, it was we actually started in Wrightsville Beach, so just off the coast of Wilmington, one of the barrier islands that got hit, obviously, with the storm surge. Mm-hmm. And then as the storm came in, uh, we came inland uh, to Wilmington. That's where we spent Thursday afternoon, Thursday night, Friday as the storm was hitting. And then Saturday morning, we were up in Fayetteville, which had the other part of the punch of Florence with all the uh, freshwater flooding. I think the river actually there just crested yesterday, finally. Mm. The rain shut off early in the week, and it took, what, two, three days yeah. for the river to finally crest, and obviously just the tremendous flooding there. So we kind of did the tour of North Carolina, if you will, with Florence as well. So is this your first hurricane that you've covered? That was going to be my question. <laughs> I stole it from McCall. It's, <laughs> so it's funny you say that. I sit here and I think about this, and I'm like, well, I spent five years in Fort Myers, uh, two years in Orlando. So altogether about seven years covering tropical weather in Florida. Mm-hmm. And not once mm-hmm. did we have a hurricane make landfall in Florida while I lived there. I got there right after the big years of 2004, 2005. Mm-hmm. Several tropical storms, never a hurricane. I've covered hurricanes. Right. Uh, two years ago, I covered Matthew uh, as it kind of made that pass off the Florida coast and then came up toward Georgia and South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um and obviously, last year was really the big one. Last year was uh, a tropical storm by the time it was there, but I spent five days in Houston covering all the flooding there. Mm-hmm. So going into Florence had the background of knowing what a storm does when it just sits and sits and sits mm-hmm. like yeah. uh, we saw with Florence. Uh, and really, though, guys, for the first time, I was actually in the eye and in the eye wall of a hurricane. Had yeah. not done that before in my life. So that's what actually got a chance to do in Florence. And I cannot imagine being in more than to be at 105 mile per hour wind gusts in Wilmington. I can't imagine being in more than that. So right. you get into these strong twos, strong threes. I can't imagine what it's like to be in those. Oh so, and you were, you were already planned to be there. And it really wasn't up until what the 24 hours before landfall, we were still forecasting that it was going to be a category four storm at landfall. Right. As a meteorologist, it's exhilarating to be a part of something that, you know, is just so you know so great and so large was there a time that fear started to set in you know what what's interesting is in in my experience in houston i think was the only time i ever had what i would call fear or concern because we arrived in houston uh in the middle of the night as the flooding event was Mm -hmm. just starting on unfamiliar roads waters are rising Mm -hmm. our hotel was actually already surrounded by water so we couldn't check in there that was more of a fear situation because it was at night yeah. and didn't yeah. know exactly the landscape of what was happening. In Wilmington, we were more in a fixed place. We were away from, we were away from the rivers. We mm-hmm. were away from the intracoastal waterway by the time the storm made landfall. So we knew we were going to be just fine where we were. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you, though, spending what amounted to roughly 12 hours in the eyewall, we went from the western eyewall to the northern eyewall, and yeah. the wind just did not quit. So I think one thing, as meteorologists, I think we're going to look back on is, there's so much focus on the wind and the category. And I think the message Wednesday night, a lot of people were getting was, oh, Florence is weakening. Well, yeah, yeah, the wind was coming down, but the storm surge threat and the flooding threat, whether it was a tropical storm, a category one, category four, that was going to happen regardless. So I think one thing we'll look back on as meteorologists is, do we need to reevaluate how we classify these storms? Mm -hmm. You're not the first person that brought that up. Because, you know, I th- I, when we were texting uh, yesterday, one thing I mentioned was, I'll never forget, this is Thursday night. So, this, yes, this is Thursday afternoon as the first band started to come in um, ahead of Florence. We were on the intracoastal waterway, so we had moved inland from the 
barrier island of Wrightsville Beach because it just wasn't going to be safe, obviously, to be there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll never forget, look, I lived in Florida long enough to know people have hurricane parties. They have nothing else to do, and you can imagine what folks do during a hurricane right. party. Mm-hmm. Um, sitting on this place called Dockside or sitting at the uh, dock at this uh, bar restaurant called Dockside, and hearing people say, oh, it's only a one, it's only a two, you guys are making such a big deal out of this, it's nothing, it's nothing. And I'd like to, I'd like to go back, and I hope those folks are okay, but I'd like to go back and think, well, now these people, at least for a few days, ended up living on the island of Wilmington. Right, right. As the I water mean, just cut the cut entire city off. So um, I, think, I think one of the big things is we got so wrapped into the category, category, strongest to ever make landfall maybe in North Carolina, and sure, the wind came down. But a couple of things happened. Number one, we had tremendous wind damage there because the storm just didn't move. So right. we had those strong 90-mile-per-hour wind, 80-mile-per-hour wind for hours and hours and hours and hours. So that compounded the effect, and obviously we had the storm surge and the rain. The wind, though, is something else. I'll never forget would, yeah. that long experience being in the Iowa. I mean, it was strong enough to knock out the air conditioning in our hotel. Oh wow. Gosh. What was the sound Pushed like? it in. What did it sound like? Because I know people will explain, you know, if they've survived a tornado, that it's like a, a freight right. train. But, like, what does it sound like to sit there with that wind so strong for so long? Like, do you ever, does it just become right. background noise ever? Or, like, I don't know. I, I want a description of that as well, as best as in, you can. In the hotel, I remember the uh, ceiling tiles lifting. So, like, these <laughs> the ceiling tiles lifting and hearing the whistle. You heard a whistling sound through mm-hmm. the hotel. We were on the fifth floor top floor of the hotel it was strong enough that i mean you pop open the door to the hotel you stand outside first of all it's hard to get that door even open right. if the wind's coming into it uh second of all freight train i i mean i would say it is something similar to that for a i mean it sounds like there's a or a very fast truck going by mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. and and it's continuous and you see the trees bending and a lot of pine trees there you see the pine trees bending at like a 45 degree angle and one thing I will tell you is that I will not forget about this storm is walking outside. So you have to understand, we had done Thursday, so the day as the storm was make, getting ready to make landfall, we had done like a 16-hour shift. Mm-hmm. So somehow I actually slept through the first two hours of the intense wind on <laughs> Friday morning as it was making landfall. But then finally I woke up, woke up this like 5 o'clock in the morning, walked outside. thing that smacked me in the face, there are so many pine trees there, it smelled like Christmas. Really? And what I mean oh, by that is you wow. stepped outside – and you could smell the pine, yeah. all the fresh pine in the wow. air, because these trees were getting snapped. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Um, and that's what knocked down all – I mean, at one point, you had 100% of these coastal counties without power. So, yeah. I mean, that's going to be my one – like, if you think of your sensory things that you, you remember, yeah. it's yeah. going to be that smell of pine opening up the door – and that pine in the air. I wonder if, like, down the line when we do get into the holiday season and you walk into Home Depot and you get <laughs> that have smell and you're just going to start Flashbacks. hearing <laughs> to freak you out. Um, that's insane. What was it like, I guess, um, did you interact with people? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I know you guys were, like, pretty yeah. much on your schedule and you were delivering mm-hmm. as much as you could back, but uh, the people around you, the hotel staff, like, you know, yeah. were there people walking around still? And, you, you know, what was that like seeing that? So definitely a lot of interaction before the storm. We talked to a lot of people on the beach, et cetera, making their plans. In fact, a lot of these people were evacuating inland and evacuating to Atlanta where their initial plan. So oh. where the either here or Charlotte's going to be mm-hmm. your biggest city close to there. So a lot of, I would say a lot of Raleigh, a lot of Charlotte, and a lot of, hey, we're coming back to Atlanta. Day of the storm, one thing I was happy to see, um, first of all, 
as the eye was coming in and we were in the eye wall, I didn't venture more than about a foot or two away from the hotel. Yeah. Um, because you just could, I mean, things were flying around. It just wasn't safe to do that. Um, in the hotel, you just had people, I think pe- what I've learned in these experience, these different experiences, whether it's Matthew Harvey or now Florence, do you have your bad eggs? Do you have your bad people who are going to do bad things? Absolutely. You can't get around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by and large, what you're going to find is saw it in Houston, saw it with Florence. By and large, you have people who were all in the same boat together. It's almost funny. You have people who are more end up being more tolerant of each other, more respectful of each other, at least in those first couple of days after, because everybody's in the same boat. Yeah. So in terms of running into like how people were, talking to people, people were in as good a mood as you could imagine, given mm-hmm. the situation they were in. Because it's, what do you, I mean, the attitude is very much, there's nothing we can do about it. We're all in the same boat together at this point here. Um, and that's good. I mean, that's the one thing to me is good to see as many of these things as I've covered is generally speaking, you tend to see much more good in people than the, I know one thing that went viral was the, the people looting the, the family dollar, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that kind of stuff does go viral. It just does. Mm-hmm. But you see much more, much, 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 much more of the good in people than things like that. It's good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> now that you've been through um, this, do you have a yearning to do another one, or are you thinking the next time around you'll let some other person on the team go? Oh, no. <laughs> um, as, part of my jo- as part of my job at WSB, uh, we can we doing weekends now. Mm-hmm. Uh, myself and our weekend evening meteorologist, we both report. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple times a month we'll do science, environmental kind of stuff here. Um, I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy, though, the storm coverage. I really yeah. enjoy getting into the field, seeing it, being able to show people what's actually happening. Um, I enjoy that. Uh, I don't enjoy Houston, for example. I don't enjoy seeing people lose their houses, obviously. Right, exactly. So it's kind of a – for us, it's, and you, you, you both can comment on this, because I think we all, as meteorologists and people who are interested in weather – have this balance in our head mm-hmm. um, and this balance we have to go through. Snow, winter storms we can leave out, but let's talk about the real destructive stuff like tornadoes right. and right. hurricanes and things like that. Science-wise, meteorologists, weather geek, we're really, really interested into it. We're into it. Right. And, but we have to balance it with the, but you realize what this is doing to people's lives. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I mean, potentially, do. and it's it's kind of a weird balance. I mean, you two can comment on that. It's kind of strange, isn't it? Yeah, it I is. mean, we've been you know in tornado coverage, and it's just an ulterior like place to be in yeah. your brain, in the sense that like you know that it's destroying things, right? And yet you're so fascinated with what's taking place. Yes, or right, you know, tornado coverage when we get video mm-hmm. like true video because we're in ohio so we're not getting you know huge tornadoes that are on the ground for several minutes at right. a time right. um but the the times that we have yeah. had that um it's so it's so fascinating because you spend so much time studying and learning and you're seeing it in real life and you're you know but then it's just so depressing too because you know like it's mm-hmm. on the ground and it's tearing someone's barn up or whatever so it's like you know we talk about yeah, you're probably going to go to the next hurricane, and that's really exciting and really sad because because it's going to it's going to happen, and it will be somewhere, and chances are it will be destroying things, and that's really horrible. Yeah. And, but again, given the opportunity, like I said, given the opportunity, you got to go. Uh, I've spoken with yeah. my bosses. I'm, you 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 need somebody to go. Yes, mm-hmm. happy to go. 
Yeah. Um, just because I'm, 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 I mean, we're all, we're, like I said, we're meteorologists. We're kind of fascinated by it. But every storm's different. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have asked me, you went to Harvey for Houston. You went to Florence now for, or went to North Carolina for Florence. Um, how do these storms stack up? And to me, you're dealing with a couple of different, generally speaking, it's not all that different where a storm just sat and sat and sat. Tropical system mm-hmm. brings a lot of rain. Right. But there are different things at play here. Houston, obviously, you're extremely urbanized. Yes. It's different. You're, you're very low to sea level all the way through that area. Yeah. Um, so there are different things at play there, which I think probably on a smaller – so North Carolina was on a much bigger scale, right. much bigger area. Right. Uh, Houston was a smaller area that took all the flooding. But Houston, being so urban, is uniquely set up where um, – the, the magnitude of the flooding was probably worse in Houston, mm-hmm. but when you think about the overall impact, it's probably going to be worse in North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I guess. I mean, some numbers I've heard. I've heard the last number I heard was uh, the estimate is somewhere close to twenty billion dollars in damage in mm. um, North Carolina. So, I mean, substantial no matter how you look at it. Yeah, right. we're going to be talking to um, a meteorologist and storm damage analyst, Brian Wood from Assurant, and he deals with... I know him. Oh, do you? <laughs> He's amazing. He's he lives, great. We've had him on here before. <laughs> He's fantastic. He, he, he puts out great stuff on Twitter and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. He's a dear friend of ours, and um, he's going to talk about all of that coming up in, in, in a little bit in our podcast, so it'll be interesting to hear what he has to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to... I agree. I want to wrap this up because we have a couple more people uh, that we want to chat with obviously but i want our listeners to follow you on social media yes. so how can they follow you you've got tons of pictures from being in florence and of course all your daily stuff that you do what are you on and how can our listeners find you okay ways to find me are going to be uh on facebook uh it's b monahan wsb if you just look me up on the wsb facebook the wsb webpage, you can find me twitter is also going to be b monahan wsb and Instagram, and I should know this, I believe is also B. Monahan WSB, but it could be Brian Monahan WSB. Huh. I can't exactly remember off the top of my head. I think they'll find you. I think so. Yes. Brian. You can you. find me. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much, though, for thank chatting you. with us. I'm glad you are back. You're safe. You're walking your dogs and enjoying a beautiful day in and Atlanta. It's, and, it's 90, and it's 94 degrees in Atlanta. So wow. there you go. I'm we're not, not that far from you. We're, we're in the upper 80s today, but that's I'm still gross. not jealous. I'm not jealous. Not jealous. You, you keep that in Atlanta. <laughs> Uh, we will (laughs) thanks again brian thank you you guys have a good day so we are recording this on september 20th Mm -hmm. and this time a week ago florence was you know right over the carolina coast Mm -hmm. getting ready to make landfall um and we've got a guest here from another one of our sister stations Mm -hmm. keeping it in the family with our florence wrap-up um, and he works at our Jacksonville station. Garrett Biedenbaugh is with us here. He has uh, been working at uh, in Jacksonville for about four years now. He does weekend evenings. If you're ever vacationing in Jacksonville, you may catch him giving you a Saturday night forecast. Uh, originally, he's actually from South Carolina, and he went to school to study meteorology at the University of North Carolina, Charlotte. He started in the business in Columbia, South Carolina, and he actually, this was an interesting fact, and we can talk to him about this, um, was afraid of thunderstorms and just storms in general, mm-hmm. learns about it, studies it, now he tracks it, and I'm sure he's helping a lot of people that are scared, mm-hmm. you know, feel more comfortable when severe weather, when hurricane season strikes. He also has the honor of holding the AMS uh, Certified Broadcast Meteorologist title as well. So congrats to him being young and having that title. That is a big accomplishment. Garrett, thanks for joining us. 
Hey, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to talking about the experience of the last week and oh all yeah. that that entailed. Yeah. So why don't we just start there? I mean, what, when did you guys decide that you were going to be going to the hurricane? I, it was probably about Monday or Tuesday of last week. Um, we decided that, you know, this was going to be a big enough deal where we thought it wasn't going to come down to Jacksonville so we could supply a, a, a couple of crews up uh, to the north of us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had to wait for that moment to make sure we weren't needed as a meteorologist to be in the studio mm-hmm. uh, for our local coverage or our southeast Georgia counties that we cover as well. Because, you know, there was that moment where it could slide yeah. back to the south and west a little bit, so we had to watch out for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we started out and we decided, my news director came in and said, hey, <laughs> we're sending two crews, our John Bachman, our one of our main anchors, and then you. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> And, uh, I, you know, I had told her, you know, let me know if you need anything um, since I was from South Carolina and everything and have North Carolina connections as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then we decided and we started getting ready and started buying some some clothes, because despite having two hurricanes in the past two years in Jacksonville threaten right. us, I was always in the studio because, you know, they have the meteorologist mm-hmm. in the studio uh, yeah. with all the technology and everything. And so um, I had to go buy some stuff. Uh, and so we got, we got ready real quick, running around. They had some Costco products for us to make sure we were self-sustaining if we needed to be. Mm-hmm. And our original target was Wilmington, uh, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we actually left on Wednesday morning. And we're headed up there after loading up our big storm tracker Jeep and, and car, news car, Um and we were almost to Florence, and we got rerouted to Charleston <laughs> because uh, our, our parent company, Cox Media Group, of course, uh, wanted to make sure we had the whole uh, right. line covered. So we already had some folks like Brian, which he spoke with, mm-hmm. uh, up to the north. And so we covered Charleston for at least one night, mm-hmm. and then we made our way up into the north after that once we saw it was going to be closer to the North Carolina-South Carolina border. So you were in Myrtle Beach, um, which is close to home, correct? It, well, it's about three and a half hours away. I've been there multiple times throughout my you know, life and yeah. with family vacations. Mm-hmm. We've been to Charleston, all up and down the, the South Carolina coast. I'm actually in the, from the upstate of South Carolina. Oh, okay. Um, so um, we were, you know, that my family was well away from the most significant impacts. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was, it was interesting to see they had mandatory evacuations as far South as Charleston. Mm-hmm. And it was almost a ghost town almost. Um, and then you ride north, and there's only a few gas stations open for the last couple of minutes, and then they began closing down, so you have to make sure you have gas and um, everything like that before it even comes. And um, it was kind of a eerie feeling being a big tourist city and beach location in Myrtle Beach with very little traffic on the roadways, uh, just cops and, and police officers and deputies and, and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, but there were a few folks that did stay around, uh, seeing that we were likely going to be on the southern side, the storm surge wouldn't be that significant if it stayed right. that forecast. But, um, but it was definitely, definitely interesting to go somewhere that you've been your whole life and, no one and not not much yeah. going on. You you know you pretty much just walk around and it's one of those scenes where you're just by yourself in a big city with nothing happening. That's so I was going to say like how creepy town. is that to be like driving into where everyone is leaving or gone? Yeah. Um, it's really strange, and you have to hope for a meal somewhere if you don't have, if you wanted a hot meal. And mm. thankfully, the Waffle House was open. <gasps> Wait, <laughs> they were. 
I mean, that's like a yes. thing. Yeah. Why don't you talk about the yeah. Waffle House? Yeah. We were kind of messaging back and forth about this, and I need to hear the full-on the details. Scale. Like, they have, like, their own, like, yeah. ranking. Yeah. So, so it's an unofficial FEMA index of how badly a community is going to be impacted. Uh, it was developed by Craig Fugate and actually a colleague, a meteorologist in Jacksonville, oh. um, a couple years ago. And it was basically basically saying the Waffle House is going to stay open as long as they can, as long as they have power, blah, blah, blah. And it, you know by the different ways of how they're serving their meals of how severe a community is going to be impacted. So, for example, if they're serving the full menu, you know, it's going to be pretty good. Or it's not going to be as bad. Mm-hmm. They serve a limit. And when they go to the limited menu, which I experienced, oh. um, that's when things are happening, evacuations, and, you know, there's, there's about to be some impacts. Mm-hmm. Then they have an emergency menu, which I missed by a couple of hours, um, that's even less food and just kind of some basics to kind of feed people if they need it. Um, and that's when it's getting worse. And then if they're closed, you know, it's, it's pretty much yeah, a disaster. Yeah. Wow. And so um, it's an unofficial index you know it's kind yeah. of fun but it's 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 uh definitely it actually does have some some meaning behind it <laughs> yeah it definitely uh, so we does, got the limited yeah. menu and i still got the all-star special so i was pretty calm <laughs> that's hey, a lot of food that's a lot you needed to yeah. I, know. I was I, I was i was eating up in case i wasn't going to eat for a couple of days exactly i'm really <laughs> you know that may have been the case so um yeah. okay so you get your waffle house you know you're good to go you've got your energy what was it like, I guess, during, during actual um, coverage? I'm assuming, was it just you and your photographer? Were you guys? Yes. Where did you station up? Were you by yourselves? Like Brian had said, when it really got rough, like they basically didn't leave the hotel. Like they were, mm-hmm. he said, like walking outside, there were things flying around. Granted, where he was was, was different it, from yeah. where you were, but still, what was, right. you know, what was your coverage like? Yeah, we did the, we did the um, early evening shows the night before, and that was just from the beach. You know, still had the, just the polo shirt on and a hat, and everything was calm. And then we began, we went to sleep, and we did the early morning show. So that means we were up at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, I, actually got, I actually stayed at one of my former pastors from home house, who's in Myrtle's Inlet now, which is kind oh. of a funny story, too. But um, uh, so we got up at 2 a.m., tried to find a spot. We went over into North Carolina and uh, this is driving north from Myrtle's Inlet, South Carolina, near Myrtle Beach. And um, we were going to go to a beach, but all the bridges were closed. We actually got pulled over by a sheriff's deputy because hmm. there's a curfew in place. And then they saw our news vehicle, and they were like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. And, um, and so we decided to turn around because the bridges were closed to the beaches where we wanted to. So we ended mm-hmm. up in Cherry Grove Beach, um, South Carolina, for our 4.30 a.m. live hit. And... Um, it was it started it was windy you know the gradient winds um, it wasn't rainy yet really mm-hmm. uh, we were still in the southwestern portion of the storm so the rain bands were about 14 miles to our north and east mm-hmm. um, for a good while and then the rain began to pick up the winds did as well we would have gusts up to 40 45 miles an hour um, the sustained winds really weren't tropical storm force for mm-hmm. a good period of time um, where we were at our location. But you would go in between. It was really, you know, cool from a meteorological perspective. Um, you would go in between the big high rises right there on the beach, right, and and on the main road, Ocean Boulevard, and uh, you would see a wind tunnel effect, and that, those winds would almost knock you over. It was amazing. And then you would go to the beach, and they weren't that bad. Right. And um, of course, you'd have the sand blowing and blasting you. I had to put on some goggles at one point um, for a shot. Mm-hmm. But um, but the the wind tunnel effect there was just. Uh, remarkable 
um, and almost knocking you over. And that's what caused a little bit of damage there for some of those buildings. A big light fell down, thankfully not when we were there. Mm. And, um, and some siding was being blown off as well. I'm really familiar with the Cherry Grove, North Myrtle Beach area, because that's right where my grandmother lives. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was seeing some videos of Ocean Boulevard, in fact, did have some standing water on it at some point. Was Mm -hmm. there any type of flooding that you could see from where you were? Yeah, we we probably went to that location, actually. Um, It was due, we didn't know at the time, that some of the Myrtle Beach folks, uh, utility folks, drove around and told us um, it was because of the drains going to the beach were either clogged or being prevented from draining out. I don't know if the water was high enough to do mm. that or, oh. or what, but that's why that particular section was, it had a good deal of water too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, I went in, of course, you know, you do the TV shots of walking through the water yeah. and we did that for the early evening shows, but it was definitely rising as we were um, on the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was one of the only spots of flooding we saw. They're going to be seeing significant impacts down the road. So as we, as we go into early next week, uh, from our perspective today, yeah. uh, the Waccamaw River down near the coastal sections of South Carolina is actually going to continue to rise into their record record crest. Wow. Um, and so it's a slow-moving flood there. You've seen all the stuff in North Carolina, portions of South Carolina now. But as it gets closer to the coast, that water draining out, there will be another flood in South South Carolina for the floodplain there. And that's where you'll really just continue to see the impacts lasting for a good while. That's insane to think about for those people. And, you know, flooding, when we talk about from like river flooding, I think it's it stinks because you can't do anything about it really. Right. You just I mean, have to wait. Yeah. It's just, like you said, it's slow and it just happens and it's just, just destructive. Was We asked Brian this question too. Um, was there any a point when you felt nervous or your photographer was worried or you felt kind of crazy driving into this and and not well you know especially since a lot of stuff like 2 a.m you're doing things overnight when it was dark that kind of thing was there any point when you felt that way um when we were driving up there you know the forecast was still to be a major hurricane making landfall Mm -hmm. um before it began to weaken um and so that was when we were still driving to Wilmington. And I was concerned about the storm surge and not only the winds and everything like that, but getting out of there when we were done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and, and it, you know, come to find out if we'd stayed around for too many days, we'd have been flood, flooded in. Exactly. Um, and so that was one of my concerns just because, again, you know, we are always in the studio and all of a sudden I'm going to a Cat 4 hurricane. I'm like, right. oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah. um, and so... Um, and so that was kind of interesting. And then we got obviously rerouted back south and then eventually to Myrtle Beach. Um, so there was a little bit of butterflies there just because of the unknown, because you don't know how many days you're going to be gone. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what you're going to see or what's going to go flying past you. You know, you got to think about safety, especially yeah. in that kind of a storm. And um, that was pretty much the only thing. My mom was worried sick. Oh, yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> well, I know the so, feeling. Uh, My parents were uh, going to be watching Gia. I was supposed to go uh, down with FEMA with Ohio Task Force One, uh-huh. and uh-huh. just because the teams were too small, they didn't want to send me. And my mom was half sad because I didn't get the opportunity to experience it, but was uh-huh. I think more happy that I didn't go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it, it was nice. Just to... Thrilled that you didn't go. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. And, it, you know, it, it was nice to be to experience that. Not nice for the damage in the areas, but mm-hmm. just in a career moment, um, 
to actually be able to feel what you're forecasting yeah. um, is actually kind of unique. Yes. And we, we spoke about this earlier, that that is like the catch-22 that we have as meteorologists is you forecast these things and then um, being able to witness them or to experience it firsthand, you know, it's very interesting and it's just, it's just also very sad because you know that, you know, this is destroying people's homes and property. And unfortunately with Florence lives, I mean, there were many deaths mm-hmm. that came out of this as well. Um, you know, so as interesting as it was, did you feel the heaviness to it? Well, I, I did, um, especially being in South Carolina where I'm from. So, I yeah. mean, you know, you, you feel for your home state and where you've been your whole life. I've been to those spots where I was standing um, and seeing and hoping that nothing bad would happen and, and being able to report on it. And so um, you definitely felt a sense of ownership Mm. of that spot almost yeah. like you were covering it for your your viewing area even though it wasn't mm-hmm. because it's people that you know i know in the area so uh, that was kind of an interesting um perspective uh, to have it wasn't like i was just flying into somewhere i've never been before yeah. um and so that was really kind of unique again uh to be able to cover that and and have the knowledge just off the top of my head about these specific locations mm-hmm. um that was that was very interesting as well that actually gave me goosebumps because it made me think of like being in my hometown or close to hometown and and having uh-huh. to talk about impactful weather that was going to impact you know my family yeah. people that I grew up with for years. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely an interesting perspective. What um, real quick, just anything last minute takeaway that you have, Garrett, from this experience because this right this was your first you know in the field hurricane that you've covered, correct? Yes. Yeah. Like I said, we've been through Hurricane Matthew, Hurricane Irma in Jacksonville. But again, I was inside having to watch our reporters go through it. Um, and so obviously I was dry. <laughs> and the, the wettest the wettest I got was walking in from my car to the to the building. Um, and and this this time it was obviously a little bit more intense with the with the winds and the rains. I'll never forget that. I actually leaned over and let the wind kind of keep my body up during that wind tunnel effect, which was pretty remarkable. Yeah, that's insane. Well, so that's one of the things I'll remember. I don't need a hurricane simulator in the mall. I experienced some of that out in the field. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on our podcast. Um, you are very active on social media. I did see a lot of pictures that you were posting during the event. What are some ways that people that are listening can follow you, whether they live in Florida or in South Carolina or anywhere across the country? Uh, Twitter, uh, at WXGarrett, two R's, two T's, and uh, Facebook.com slash Garrett Beatonball. Uh, Instagram as well, WXGarrett there, too. I post a lot um, there, especially on Twitter, um, mm-hmm. for weather information across the country and the tropics. And we, I love the tropics especially. So yeah, uh, if you like the hur- hurricanes and tropical stuff, uh, we're the place to go across uh, <laughs> here in Florida. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. No, you definitely you really are. Yeah, give Garrett a follow when you're making your vacation plans. Yeah, tweet at Garrett <laughs> if you need forecasts anywhere in Florida. No, just say, Kirstie McCall, <laughs> Kirstie McCall said, said that I could ask you if I'm going to be okay <laughs> next week. Um, but That's seriously, correct. <laughs> you can have all these Ohio requests. I know. <laughs> yep, <laughs> we yep, do get yep. a lot of people vacation down there, so uh, sorry <laughs> in advance. But yep, thank you, though, yep. Garrett, so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Okay, thanks for having me. All right, so we're jumping out of the weather world. We're getting back into the news mm-hmm. news stream. And for our Dayton listeners, this will definitely be a Drum voice roll. you recognize. Brr, the one, the only, Mr. John Paul, <laughs> daybreak morning anchor for years and years, uh, was my morning anchor when I first started mm-hmm. and came on to mornings. 
Uh, we lost him, though, to our sister station, mm. WSOC in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, but... If you do not know John Paul, a little bit about him, he's a news anchor. He's a reporter as well at WSOC in Charlotte. Um, he, of course, worked with us until 2015, and then that's when he went over to WSOC. If you didn't know this as well, he's a two-time Emmy Award-winning journalist. So special. I know. He studied journalism at Western Michigan University. He is a father of three adorable little girls, so just throwing a little personal information in there. Sorry, JP. <laughs> but uh, that's what we refer to him as. We'll call him, you know... I'll try to call I him guess John. We'll call but, him John, but we all call him JP. We're going to refer to him as JP throughout this podcast. <laughs> um, and but now that he is in Charlotte, he dealt with yes another part of Florence, um, which of course was flooding. Yes, um, firsthand, truly, not only covering it, of course, but uh, in his own personal life. So, John, JP, yeah. welcome, welcome. Hey, thank you guys for having. It's good to hear your voices again. I know. Do you remember us? We miss you. I <laughs> vaguely, just a little bit. <laughs> no, I, I, it, uh, it was always good working with you guys. Yeah. Thank so, you. but we've got you on the podcast because we're doing an all wrap up Florence uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. We've uh, spoken to Brian Monahan, who was in Wilmington. He's from our WSB station in Atlanta, so he was there when the storm yep. hit. Mm-hmm. We had Garrett, uh, yep. who was down in parts of Myrtle Beach, and then you. In Charlotte, you had the impact of inland flooding. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. I, uh, you know, we had been tracking this thing. It was like the slowest moving hurricane I think they had ever watched. And so we were doing daily updates for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when we started getting those predictions for rain totals, yeah. um, you know, I don't know if people are, in case they, you know, not everybody's familiar exactly where Charlotte is in the state of North Carolina. If you look at North Carolina, it's got like a flat border on the top. And then you look at the bottom, it's got like a flat uh, bottom. And then there's like a little port part that juts out and then it gets flat again. Well, that part that juts out, it's like right in the middle bottom of the state, that's Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, you know, I don't know, eight counties in from the ocean. If we were to drive, it would take two to three hours to get to the ocean. And then it's like an hour and a half, two hours to the mountains. We're like right in the middle there. Mm-hmm. And we had gone through Matthew, Hurricane Matthew, when that went through and they got torrential rain, but that was still off to our east mm-hmm. by, like, you know, an hour and a half. So we didn't get much. Mm-hmm. Figured that'd be the same this time around. And then we thought, okay, maybe they're just, you know, overestimating these numbers. It'll come back down when it hits. No, it just it just got worse <laughs> yeah. yep. and worse. And then, like, we could get 10 inches of rain. And <laughs> we're a major metro county. I mean, there's a million and a half households in in mecklenburg county which is where i live and that's where charlotte is and um i mean that that kind of rain you just don't see that um so when it hit it came in slowly on saturday morning friday night saturday morning we had our crews on the coast as well Mm -hmm. um and you you get that wind first and then you get those bands of rain and it just kept coming toward us um and then by sunday that morning, I woke up. They let me sleep in because I had to work quite a few hours that weekend. And they said, you sleep in on Sunday. You can come in at 11 a.m. And we'll just put you on the air for four hours or so. And we, we call it beast mode. That's mm-hmm. what they call it. Mm-hmm. And there's no scripts. They just have somebody in your ear. And they're like, we're going to go to this person next, this person next. And that's how we, we anchor the newscast. Mm-hmm. So that takes a lot out of you because it's a lot of thinking. Well, that morning get up at eight o'clock and i just it was the weirdest thing my wife looks out the window she's like oh look at this oh no and because it's been raining and windy all night it almost felt like uh, i'm like a, 
uh, a snow day when you, when the kids get up and they run out and they look out the window like, ooh, it snowed. It was yeah. almost like that for a minute. Like, oh, it rained, rained. and with 40 <laughs> mile an hour winds all night. Right. Yeah. And so we look out and I've got this creek. I, I butt up against a, a forest. There's a forest in the backyard. There's a creek that separates my property from the forest. And it's usually it's a trickle, you know, usually just a trickle. I'm kind of a, you know, a dorky guy. And I was like, oh, I'm going to build a big bridge over it. So I put a big bridge over it. <laughs> and, like, the kids could run across into the forest. And, you know, I made it. It was it's a cool bridge, right? It's like a 20-foot span bridge, but it's over a trickle, whatever. Well, <laughs> the water had, had really risen from a trickle up to, like, four feet deep. And I'm thinking, <sighs> oh, my gosh, I've never seen the, the water that high. Yeah. And so I look out, there's there's limbs everywhere there's there's trees down and there's all these limbs in the in the creek so me and my neighbor go in my backyard and we start fishing this stuff out mm-hmm. at eight o'clock in the morning while it's pouring down rain now if you've never been through like hurricane rain it's different like normal rain it doesn't even pick up on doppler the same way mm-hmm. like uh, the t- tropical storm rain and hurricane rain is really tiny drops so like little needles and so doppler doesn't have has a hard time uh, picking it up so what will show up as uh, maybe yellow on the radar is actually should be like a dark red because it's mm. raining that hard. There's mm-hmm. that. So if it says it's an inch an hour, it's more like two and a half inches an hour. Wow. So that's, I didn't realize that, but you're just getting, you're just drenched the second you walk out. So we started fishing limbs out of this creek up and down. And by, by the end of it, I had maybe 10 of my neighbors out. We we're all going through this creek, pulling <sighs> trees out and limbs out because it was damming up and it was right. getting under. So once we got everything out, I was like, okay, we're good. You know, um, I took a shower, and I, I went out to work. Well, I got to work at 11, and my wife started sending me messages. like It's getting higher and higher and oh, higher. And cool. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Well, you know, just go to the neighbors, and, and, and if there's something in there, you know, tell them, and they'll, they'll drag it out so we can keep that water flowing. Mm-hmm. And then my meteorologist says, oh, boy, South Mecklenburg, which is where we are, and Union County, which is right next to it, it's kind of like, it's kind of like Montgomery and Greene County. They're right there. Mm-hmm. You know, Montgomery is more of an urban area. Greene County's got that mixture. Yeah. Kind of how it is. And they said, well, Union County and South Mecklenburg, they are getting hammered right now, and they're getting all the strongest bands. Oh, no. And the National Weather Service just issued a flash flood emergency. Ooh. And that's this is new. Yeah, I guess that's, they, that's... yeah, they came out in like 2015. They've never issued one in the state. They just issued one for that area, right where we live. And we're on a creek. Well, you know, flash floods and creek, yeah. you know, that's where it's going to happen. And so I sent a message to my wife. She's like, yeah, the water is now over the bridge. Oh, no. And how in the world could the water get that high? Yeah. I mean, that's like six feet over this trickle, and the water's all the way up there. And it's a wide creek, too. It's a 20-foot span. So that's how much water was in there. Right, yeah. And so then she sent me the video, and I thought, oh, my gosh. And it started going up into our yard. Mm-hmm. My neighbor is down oh. the way all the way up to the base of their house. Mm. And, I mean, if you look out from, and then we're talking, the water was was spread out maybe 50 feet, and it was about six feet deep. Oh my goodness. And it really, I was like, okay, this is not Bad. a good situation. Yeah. So then we had crews that were out there live, and they're showing us this area. And there's roads starting to get torn away and washed out rain won't stop these bands won't stop i'm asking the meteor i just like so when's the rain gonna stop for this area yeah, three days. Oh, I don't know, 1 a.m <laughs> i was like jeez yeah uh, when it was all said and done i think we ended up with 11 or 12 inches of, of of rain and then all fell in 24 hours right oh my gosh. and that's so insane it was 
nuts. It was just nuts. But uh, we we were really lucky because it stopped right before it you know came up to the house and started to yeah. to start flowing better. And the, and the way it all works, you know, creeks and streams are the first ones to rise or the yeah. first ones to fall. Yeah. And the rivers rise and the and then the lakes rise. And so. Um, you know, but our neighboring county, Union County, got real bad. That was where the one-year-old was swept away and oh, killed. Oh, yeah, I heard that story. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that was maybe, I don't know, 20 minutes from our house. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next day I went up, well, it was not the next day. It was the day after that when we finally got some dry weather. Went up in the chopper so we could go check out the damage. And we would just follow a creek, and every road that crossed the creek was either still underwater or piled with trees and oh, debris because it all gets filtered into those creeks and it just runs down and it, you know, hits the, the bridges or the overpasses and just piles up it's on stuck. top and tears mm-hmm. away the concrete. Couldn't believe it. Uh, there was roads washed away that semis had driven on. They'd gone into the, you know, just fell out underneath them and the semi just crashed down into a ravine. Oh, my gosh. A train derailed because this train was hauling, you know, I don't know, 100 cars. And it was going over the tracks, and the, the earth had washed away underneath the train tracks, and a huge derailment. Oh my uh, god! In the middle of a hurricane. So how do you how do you start fishing this stuff out? It's yeah. just a mud pit. Yeah. And so oh and we're over the, in a chopper. I'm looking down. I'm like that's a train derailment right there. There is a pile of cars, of of train cars, just right there in this big muddy ditch. Are you like so? so you're- it was, you're on the anchor desk for a lot of this, and like each time all of these different reports are coming in, are you just thinking to yourself, is this real life? Like, is this really happening yeah. right now? Yeah, absolutely, because it just, I mean, it really would not stop. And I, and I was also thinking, I'm glad I don't live 50 miles further east, because mm-hmm. they, you know, while we got 10 or 11 inches, they're sitting at 20. Yeah. I don't, I mean, the water just had nowhere to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was intense, and, and. No, the only hurricane people really talk about around here is Hurricane Hugo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hugo came up through Charleston, went straight north into Charlotte, and it was still a Cat 1 when it hit inland. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's because it was moving so fast. And it took out um, most of the tree canopy around. Just devastation. They didn't have power for weeks. And, and so they're saying, well, this won't be anything like Hugo because it's moving so slow. Well, yeah. it was its own new category. Because it moved so slow, we just got inundated with all this rain. And that right. is so damaging at least with the wind people were telling me the next day it, the sun comes out it's dry all the power crews can get to work but this just sat there and it was days before people could really start working on anything right yeah. and flood damage is just i mean it's devastating it just destroys your home your property everything drying yeah. out that kind of stuff. like you said the roads that get washed away and right. the soil the earth that you may not even know or have not discovered yeah. Yeah. that is completely different now. Unfortunately, things yep. like that could keep getting discovered now for like weeks because mm-hmm. it oh, just absolutely. changes We're the still landscape. Think holes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and what some people may like not, mm-hmm. a lot of people may not know, but your home insurance doesn't cover flooding. It, it only covers it if you buy flood insurance. Yep. And that's a totally separate insurance. And so, so a lot of these people didn't have flood insurance because they weren't expecting a flood. They were these were like thousand year floods. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and so awful. they're just they're just out of luck. Yeah. I don't know. Pretty bad stuff. Well, we're so happy that you and your family made it through okay. I'm I can't imagine experiencing this and being at work and knowing your kids are at home and 
the yeah. water is rising yeah. up to your house and there's scary. nothing you can do. You yeah. know, you're caught between yeah. a rock and a hard place. But we are so happy yeah. that you and your family are okay. How and Yeah, real, well, thank you. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, a week later, I mean, what's it like? So now um, we have Carolina blue skies and 90-degree temperatures. Mm-hmm. So it's finally passed, but the water is still sitting around. I mean, yeah. it hasn't. And, and it's hot here, and you think that would maybe evaporate the rain fast. It hasn't. There's still roads that are ripped up, roads that are closed. Um, there's power crews out. Mecklenburg County, the main county here, the, the urban county, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, they've pretty much got everything. I don't think anybody's out, out of power here. But, man, if you, if you travel east at all, you can't. There's a detour because people want to go back home to Wilmington. They stay here. Mm-hmm. The detour normally would take you two to three hours. The detour is eight hours just to get there oh because there's goodness. no open road right. so that gives you an idea wow. yeah, an eight-hour detour yeah. or a two to three-hour trip all these people that moved um, inland to get away from the coast and yeah. drove, drove into something else and still just a struggle yeah, yeah. well we and, are thinking and people are still having issues yeah um of course we're thinking about everyone mm-hmm. in north carolina and south carolina and everyone impacted by florence because this was crazy um Thank you for talking to us, though, about this, because, you know, we're up in Ohio and we're getting coverage. But mm-hmm. it, it's just we wanted to give everyone an opportunity to kind of hear firsthand from yeah. the crews that we have um, that were out and, and, and in it. So thank you so much, JP, yeah. for talking to us. Absolutely. Anytime. If you guys ever anything like this, hopefully there won't be another one for several years. Yeah. yeah agreed. <laughs> and just one little wrap up. Uh, how can people find you on social media if they're not following you already? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's J. Paul, WSOC on Twitter, and it's John Paul News on Facebook. And uh, I keep that stuff pretty up to date. I had a ton of stuff, you know, Twitter-wise. Mm-hmm. I like Twitter. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an easy way to communicate yeah, quickly. So I do that a lot. But, uh, yeah, you can find me like that. Or awesome. you, guys can, you guys can tweet it out or something. I don't know. <laughs> we will. We will. Well, thank okay. you for joining us. Yeah, anytime. It was good to hear you guys' voice. Thanks. Now, this is a voice that you may recognize if you mm-hmm. listen to Cloudy with a Chance of Podcast because he has been a guest before in the past, and he's a great resource for us, and I just think a wealth of knowledge for anyone. Um, Brian Wood is back with us. He is a meteorologist who is also a storm analyst at Assurant, which is a Fortune 500 insurance company. He forecasts, and it, they basically what he is helping his company with is deciding where they would send resources to, um, things of that nature, and he's always learning uh, to help gain not only the resources, research that he collects, but also just how it can uh, impact people and how weather impacts people, especially with natural disasters, um, working for an insurance company. So hello, Brian. Welcome back. Thanks for having me back. We're so happy that you're here and to give us such an interesting perspective of the aftermath of uh, natural disasters and what people go through. Um, And I just would like you to give us a little bit more insight because this is such a recent event and so many people, not even uh, just along the coast, but interior parts of North and South Carolina had so much damage from this system. Can you explain what Assurant is doing from this point on? Sure. So we actually already have people uh, on our claims team who are down in parts of North Carolina where at least the parts that are accessible right now, there's still quite a few uh, roadways and interstates that are flooded. But uh, the state of North Carolina sets up what's called an insurance city. And basically all the different insurance carriers that 
right policies in North Carolina can show up to these places. Usually uh, it's a parking lot of a Lowe's or Home Depot or, or maybe a church. And basically it's a single point where people can come and talk with their insurance company and, and get started on the process of repairing their home. And uh, on our side, we work with mortgage companies and banks. And if you have a mortgage on your house mm-hmm. that, and you have a claim from, let's say, a state farmer or a farmer's or assurance, then we work with the banks and mortgage companies to help process those claims because when that claim check is issued to you, if you have a mortgage, it's also issued to your mortgage company since they hold the lien on your home. And so the department I work in actually works with all the banks and mortgage companies to help with that, and we're in the process of getting ready to go down to North Carolina ourselves as well. We're a little bit downstream and from the other people in terms of the insurance carriers, so we'll be uh, down there in a, in a week or two to help once uh, the carriers start issuing those claim checks to the homeowners. So um, we're going to hopefully, sorry to cut you off, Kirsty, mm-hmm. um, have some listeners that are down in that area that uh, may be in a situation where they're going to need to go find uh, someone like you guys to help them out. What is some advice that you can give them, uh, documents or anything that they should bring with them? Sure. If So most people keep their important documents like their their mortgage papers and their insurance with them. Uh, And for people who are dealing with flooding, the the best way to deal with that, uh, we always say ahead of time, of course, we're now after the time, but is to take those with you as you evacuate so you can reference those. But even so, uh, the best thing to do is to call your insurance company and talk with them. And if you have a mortgage, once you actually start the claim process, that's when the mortgage companies will become involved. Once you have that claim check and then mortgage companies have uh, phone lines to help specifically for people dealing with claims for insurance claims. And in the case of of what we do, we help them with that. We have people who are specifically trained to uh, help people in in these times of disaster and in order to help them get their home back on the repair process. For you, um, I know this was a busy week. What was it like, I guess? Did you do a lot of briefs with your company about, like, you know, what's going on, when it was expected to make landfall, that kind of thing? Like, how did you play a role, I guess, in um, any decisions that were made, maybe to send your teams out and things of that nature? Sure. There was a a lot of decisions that were being made. (laughs) And uh, we actually have a a processing center in Florence, South Carolina, which is just uh, north and west of Myrtle Beach by about an hour or about two hours south and west of Wilmington. And so I I was on a lot of meetings with the people at that site and helping them to determine whether they should close and when they should close, what the expectation of flooding might be. And and we were able to close that site down for a couple days so that the people who, who live in that area who or facing the hurricane could take the time to prepare themselves or evacuate if needed. And we were able to, uh, what we do in those situations when one of those centers shuts down is we can shift their work electronically over to some of our other processing sites, including the one we have here in Springfield. And we were able to help them and keep the work going, even though they weren't able to, to operate for a day or two. Wow. Uh, I, I, and we actually had a, one of our directors, our, our vice president was going to have a meeting at that office Last week, and we got that canceled. I worked actually with our uh, brief, our CEO. They had an investor meeting in Atlanta, and they weren't sure at the time heading into it if uh, they should keep that that meeting there. And so we also do planning for all of our clients 
and updates. And so I will send out email updates. I, I record video updates, and we send those to our clients and, and within our company to make sure everyone's on the same page and, and knowing what the expectation is. So the, the week heading up into a hurricane, especially one that we knew was going to make landfall somewhere in the Carolinas mm-hmm. for five to seven days in advance, uh, was very, very busy. Yeah. Now, I know it's really early on in the process. Uh, you know, this system just left the coastline only a few days ago. Do you have any idea of how much this uh, is all going to cost, like how high these claims are going to all tally up to be? It's a tough call this, this far out, and especially with, with some of the, the rivers are still rising mm-hmm. in some of those areas as that water drains back towards the ocean. So it, it's hard to say for sure. There's people out there with estimates and and. It's usually pretty tough to do this mm-hmm. close to an event because there's a lot of areas we can't even get into yet. Yeah, so it usually takes a, a couple of weeks to get a, a really truly good idea. And uh, I, get, just looking at the area, it's a little uh, compared to last year. There's a lot of people in the Wilmington and Jacksonville areas. You have the, the military base, mm-hmm. Camp Lejeune, over by Jacksonville. And those are your two most populated areas. Uh, Last year we had a hurricane that ran up the Florida Peninsula. We had a hurricane that hit Houston. So it'll probably be less expensive overall simply as a function of the fact that there are less people in the impacted area compared to, say, in Irma or Harvey last year. But And, and this is something I always stress at work is the fact that it doesn't matter if there's a lot of people or a few people, it's that we need to make sure that we're, we're taking care of them and, and we always have them in the forefront of our minds. Yeah, I mean, that... that... That's got to be hard to, A, as a meteorologist, be kind of the one that's forecasting, you're in tune with what's going on, and then you also know almost ahead of time that, like, this mm-hmm. is going to be big and this is going to be bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just to wrap this all up, uh, I just want to say thank you for joining us, but natural disasters don't just happen uh, along the coastline. They do happen everywhere. Mm-hmm. It can be hail damage. It can be tornadoes. It can be earthquakes. Is there any last-minute advice you would give anyone uh, as far as just trying to prepare for the unfortunate event that it could impact you? Yeah. Know what your insurance actually covers on your house for a lot of people. They just don't know exactly what is covered. And in the case of major flood events like a Harvey or with, with this hurricane, there's a lot of people in those areas that don't have flood insurance. And mm-hmm. there are mandatory flood zones where their flood insurance is required if you have a mortgage. But there are people just outside of those flood zones that because they don't have the mandatory, they feel it's not necessary as well. Mm-hmm. And making sure that you have the proper coverage for your risk. Uh, talk with your insurance agent. Look over your risks in your area and see if flood insurance is right for you, even if you're in a low-lying area that's not next to a river when you have 30 inches of rain that might fall in a low-lying area it's going to flood and so take a look at that and understand what your risks are keep your papers in important areas make a list of of things that are important to you that you'd want to take if you need to evacuate quickly and also the other recommendation i i give the people is look at all of your valuable belongings take pictures of them Mm -hmm. and now with the capability we have of having a cloud you can just take a picture on your cell phone camera and upload it to a cloud so you don't have to worry if your house floods Mm -hmm. and maybe even if you lose your cell phone or your computer it's stored on a cloud and you have pictures of your valuables your electronics and when it comes to time to make your claim you can now show them all of the contents of your house they can give you the, the money that you need for everything you have because when it comes to looking at your claim after the fact 
or looking at your damage, most people, it's a very stressful time and you don't remember everything that was in your house. It's mm-hmm. hard to do because you're so stressed out. But if you document that ahead of time, that allows you to help the insurance company help you and get all the money that you get that you need to replace those those things. Yeah, so it's worth the extra you know time to just go through yeah. on a on a Saturday or Sunday and 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 re- really make sure that you've got your disaster plan ready. Mm-hmm. Um, thank yeah. you so much, Brian. Though uh, we appreciate it, we know you're super busy and you're going to stay busy now for yeah. a while dealing with everything that's. <laughs> That has already occurred. And like you said, the rivers that are still flooding out areas in North and South Carolina. But we appreciate you taking a few minutes with us. As always, an excellent guest. Thanks. Thanks for having me. This was kind of crazy. I I knew our guests going into it and a little yeah. bit of, you know, what their positions were and mm-hmm. experience throughout this whole event. But there were many times during all of these interviews where I had chills. Yes. And just could feel like I was there mm-hmm. and an experience. Yeah. I, I had an experience listening. I can only imagine what it was like being there. I know. I know. Um, we you know, appreciate our guests giving us all of our, our Mets, our news anchors, uh, Brian from Assurance, uh, giving us that time to mm-hmm. talk because they're all still busy. Uh, JP said, you know, they're still dealing with flooding. Yeah. Um, Brian is continuously busy now mm-hmm. as he deals with the aftermath. Yeah. And... Um, you know, hopefully you could take some some things away from this. Um, know that, of course, we are praying and our thoughts are with everyone as they continue the cleanup, all the families that have flooding and, and, you know, things were destroyed and this hurricane was deadly. And it's just, you know, it's it's hard to see something happen yeah. and um, just know we're still thinking about you. And if you do want to make a donation and help out, um, we just went on Red Cross's website. Yep, redcross.org, right on the homepage. There is a button that you can hit that will send you to uh, an area where you can donate money. And that's likely the best way to donate money. We'll probably see a lot of GoFundMe accounts going out there, people claiming that they're part of a hurricane relief effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, but redcross.org, you know, is a legitimate place where you can donate your money. And you're, you know your money is going there because there, unfortunately, could be some scams where yeah. people say that they're helping the effort and they're really not. But yeah. uh, I would go ahead and go to the Red Cross website. Yeah. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to us. This was different of an episode. We're not going to do any extras, no astronomy this time around. Um, we will be back, though, with a little bit more um, on fall weather. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully you continue to listen. And don't forget to rate and subscribe. If you have any comments, thoughts, um, any stories that you'd like to share, uh, go to WHO.com. You could find our emails. It's just our name, uh, you know, at coxinc.com. We'd love to hear from you as well. So Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to subscribe, listen, and download, you can find Cloudy with a Chance of Podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and WHIO.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.